You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. I must apologize as we begin the program today. Well, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies are not here to host the program today. I, it is, but fear not, this is your producer, Brasco, here, who handles the controls, along with uh, other producer, Hannah, here at WebmasterStudio.fm World Headquarters in Boca Raton, Florida, inside the very humid and hot tropic of technology. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for our program this Thursday. And we're not going to take too much time just to get into things, but what we wanted to do was with Jim and Dave right now handling their own individual uh, individual responsibilities this week, which are precluding them from being featured on today's program. A few weeks back, we we did an interview with David Mim, who is with Moz, and it's been something that you know Jim and Dave wanted to make sure we got out there at a very opportune time and get it out there in a timely manner so that people can listen to it. So instead of waiting around trying to make sure I can get Jim or Dave to go ahead and actually do a little bit of the hosting duties for that. I took it upon myself, and I will apologize in advance uh, to Jim and Dave, but I tried to get out to reach out to them to make sure we're going to do this. Nevertheless, we are here, and we are going to present to you an interview that Jim and Dave did recently with David Mim, which was originally scheduled a few weeks ago, which we did happen to do outside of the normal live window, and we're going to present it to you right now in its entirety. So here's Jim Hedger and Dave Davies with David Mim of Moz. Welcome back. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and we are joined by David Mim, straight from Moz, going to chat local, going to chat Facebook. We got a, a whole whack of stuff to chat about. David, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hey, it is a really, pleasure to have you. 
Yeah, really a pleasure to be with you guys, and thanks for the opportunity. Well, I, I had a, a chance to see you uh, speaking at MozCon, and that just got the juices flowing. Like, I, I had a, a thousand <laughs> questions, and, and you know what? So did uh, a lot of people in the audience had a, had a bunch of questions for you, so I didn't get to ask them all. So it's a, a pleasure to have you on the stage. I want to let's just jump right in. Let's just jump right in. Um, at MozCon, um, you were you were chatting a lot about Facebook search, and I did not know. I, I, it's embarrassing because I'm 15 years veteran in this industry. I didn't know the volume of search I'm on Facebook. So let's start there. Let's just tell us a little bit about Facebook search from the context of the power um, that it has as as far as a, a traffic driver. Sure. So, um, so first of all, yeah, Facebook search has been around for about, I guess, three and a half years at this point. You know, or even in the early days uh, when it first launched in about 2012, it was it was doing over a billion searches uh, per month, and that was at the time already the second largest search engine. Uh, you know, relative to the the Comscore data at the time. So you have to think with the the growth in you know even if there was just a linear growth pattern in search uh, corresponding to users, um, that number is <laughs> is significantly higher. Uh, here we are three years later. I mean, it should be said that I, I'm sure a lot of those searches are uh, people-focused, right, that you're looking for old classmates or people to get together with for the weekend or, what, or whatever. Um, but I do think that the, the chain of news out of Facebook, uh, both related to um, some features they're working on and also some of the acquisitions that they've made, um, they do point to Facebook um, prioritizing search in a, in a much bigger way uh, in the next couple of years, or at least search as a, as a more integral component of the Facebook experience, uh, in the next couple of years. So, um, so that's kind of my, that was kind of my thesis for, for MozCon was just that, Hey, I think this is something that people should be paying attention to. Um, I don't necessarily have, you know, a ton of takeaways at this point. I'm sure we can get into, to a few little nuggets, um, that I feel like I found over the summer, but, uh, just be aware of the, the size and scale of Facebook, uh, and especially of the the size and scale of Facebook's opportunity uh, within local, which is obviously the the nearest and dearest to my heart. So, well, you you, well, you totally left me open there. You said a couple little nuggets from the summer. You know, I have to drag those out of you now. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's go straight to there. What what are these nuggets that we can carry with us? Sure. Well, the first one that I you know that I've found. Um, this was actually something I discovered this spring, um, just just before our local up conference at Moz, um, that I think is really useful for um, local businesses and and marketers who are helping them uh, to get reviews. Uh, you know, your 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 average small business has probably been promoting its its presence on Facebook for the last oh, let's call it four or five years, um, and generally the call to action from these small businesses is. Uh, hey, like us on Facebook, right? And so, you know, your your average retail small business probably has on the order of 500 or 1,000 fans uh, and probably has on the order of five or 10 reviews. Um, so I think that the, the number of likes to, re- the, the ratio of likes to reviews is, is pretty heavily skewed towards likes. Um, so one of the, one of the neat um, uh, Facebook search, uh, I don't even know what you call it. I got, yeah, a nugget uh, is that you can actually search for fans of your page who use fill in the blank on local search apps. So fans of fans of your page who use Foursquare, fans of your page who use uh, TripAdvisor, fans of your page who use Yelp, um, and so so by doing this kind of search, you're actually 
really focusing the um, focusing the number of people who are already you know sort of predisposed to leave a review for your business who are also active on some of these important review platforms. And so um, I think that that search is really a key. Uh, it's a key discovery that that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about. Um, just narrowing the list of your existing fan base uh, in terms of people to reach out to to, to leave a review. And um, you know, one of the things that that Yelp actually mentioned um, over this over, I think it was back in about April as well. Um, there's a totally white hat way to ask for Yelp reviews, uh, which is simply to suggest that people check in the next time they're at their at your business on Yelp. Yelp will then prompt them to leave that review. So the key, really, the hardest part is actually finding out who are these active Yelpers, um, and in particular, who are active Yelpers that are fans of your business. And Facebook, uh, you know, this, this little um, Facebook search query actually makes that, that job a lot easier. So I think that's probably, the, from my standpoint, kind of the most exciting, most actionable um, search that I think uh, that is kind of just lying just beneath the surface on, on Facebook. Yeah, that's okay. one of the things about uh, uh, Facebook and search results, David. You, um, Facebook itself doesn't affect search results, but applications that work with Facebook will uh, will potentially affect search results. So you got to work for it. Quite sure I understand the question, the applications working with Facebook. Well, and there's, uh, the example uh, that you use is Yelp. Um, well, Facebook itself might, might send uh, signals to Google that there's interest in this, in this page or topic. Does, right, does exactly. Facebook so I, in and of itself right, send an uh, actionable ranking signal? Exactly. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you, you kind of leverage Facebook, enhance your visibility on other platforms uh, beyond Facebook that do influence Google results. So um, that's, yeah, if, even if your goal is just to influence Google results, I think Facebook is a, is a really interesting uh, place to be playing. Um, and the second thing is that a lot of Facebook pages actually – uh, you know, you see, it, you have to be a pretty popular small business to, to get this to happen, but you do see a lot of Facebook pages independently ranking in the search results. And oftentimes when they do, um, they'll have a nice big um, schema marked up uh, star rating right underneath the results. So it's definitely an important place to, uh, to be capturing user reviews and check-ins and those sorts of things, um, even in this day and age where, where Google is dominant. I think from my standpoint, it's it's those kinds of activities, reviews and check-ins on Facebook are are going to be more important independent of Google. But even right now, I think that those activities um, can definitely improve the 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 optics of your Google presence. Um, you know, even if not the the rankings. Now, something that I I one of my takeaways anyway, and and I think I believe you'd been chatting about it, um, the influencer reach. Right, like if you wanted to find on Facebook, say influencers, going getting into you know trying to find journalists was was the example I wrote, and unfortunately I wasn't using all the same examples because I was trying to type as fast as I could, and you were covering <laughs> a lot of ground, so I was sort of right. making up examples as I'd go there. But I'm like, oh, okay, you know, if I wanted to find journalists in Seattle, okay, we can put these different modifiers. Yeah, exactly, uh, and I think you know some of the some of the more interesting uh, things you could do are you know journalists in Seattle who have visited my business, or journalists in Seattle who are friends of my friends. Um, you know, you can get jur- journalists in Seattle who are, uh, who work at the stranger who are friends with my friends. I mean, you can, you can concatenate these, uh, these queries, uh, to find some really, really interesting results. Um, so those were, those are definitely, you know, in terms of, of outreach and, 
um, kind of uh, trying to find catalysts to uh, to help spread your content. Um, I think that those those kinds of in- influencer queries can be pretty useful. Now, you you. I mean, we've covered a lot of ground here, but you had mentioned earlier in, in our segment here, um, the, you know, you're, you're thinking a couple years down the road, um, this is going to be a much, a much bigger thing than it is now, right? Like right now. And it's, I think the frustration of, of SEOs, uh, for at least the last decade anyway, you think SEO, um, you think inbound marketing, you think Google. That's just, you know, they're almost synonymous and it's unfortunate. Um, but you'd mentioned earlier, hey, a couple years down the road, um, you're thinking this is going to be bigger. How? I mean, not, I don't mean how bigger. I mean, what what are we going to be looking at? Is it just going to be pure Facebook search that's going to be bigger, or is the way we use the internet going to be bigger, and so Facebook will be more tuned to what our needs and, and activities yep. are? So I think it's primar- primarily the latter. Um, I'm not saying that I see Facebook developing a standalone search app, for example. Um, they very well might, but I, that's not, you know, independent of that happening, I still think that, that Facebook will be uh, bigger than it is today. So that there's a couple of trends that, um, that kind of inform that that opinion of mine. Uh, the first is um, the the trend on mobile uh, is is heavily skewing towards apps, right? So um, we we already know that mobile search is has eclipsed desktop search globally. Uh, Google's released that that number a couple of times. That's that's within browser, right? But the the tip of the uh, that browser is really just the tip of the iceberg. Only ten percent of time. Uh, on mobile devices is spent in browser, let alone searching in browser. Um, 90% is spent in apps, and by far the biggest single app uh, that people spend time in is Facebook with about 20%. Um, and so I think, you know, as we start to, uh, as we continue, I guess, the, the trend towards fragmentation on mobile devices um, moving forward, I think that that is going to hurt Google, uh, or at least traditional organic search traffic from Google no matter how good of an SEO campaign we have going. Um, and so I think that Facebook is one way to kind of uh, to put up at least one beachhead. If you have a strong fa- presence in Facebook search uh, utilities, whatever they are, whether it's a standalone app or, or embedded search, um, a, a strong presence there will help you, um, you know, stave off some of that lost traffic from Google. Uh, and then the other, the other trend I think that is really, really interesting uh, is just the kinds of search results uh, that we're going to see moving forward. So I, I don't know if you remember uh, Dr. Pete's presentation from MozCon, but Dr. Pete talked about, you know, what happened. He just he just got an Amazon Echo, uh, one of the first ones, you know, at his house. Um, what happens when, you know, most of our search interactions with, uh, with these technology companies are actually um, sort of verbal or through some sort of ambient style of searching um, where there actually aren't results presented in a, in a traditional interface. I mean, it's already shrinking, uh, even on something like the iPhone. But what, what's a search result look like on an Apple Watch uh, or, or when spoken to an Amazon Echo uh, or, or a similar product? And I think you see a lot, you know, even Google has, has um, you know, voice search kind of baked into Android. But when you see things like Spotlight Search on Siri, uh, Cortana from Microsoft, um, Echo, as I already mentioned, from Amazon. And then Facebook just this week, actually, or last week, uh, announced their M product, which is their, their personal assistant product, which is largely done through text. Um, and so those are the kinds of, of interfaces I think we'll see more and more of uh, in terms of generating searches. And, and so you can't help but think Google is at a, a, certainly relative to where they are today or where they were three or four years ago, Google's going to be at a much bigger disadvantage 
um, in, in that kind of new world. And so I think that we do need to pay attention to our our visibility and our presentation on some of these other uh, these other media that are going to be generating search queries. Now, if we have to jump forward here, then couple years, like we're you're a marketer, I'm a marketer. Uh, most of our listeners, if not all of them, are marketers or, or certainly interested in marketing. That's why they're listening. How do we prep? I mean, we're, we're not just counting here organic and, and the organic traffic. Let's call it organic. I mean, it'd be a little different. It's shifting over, you know, maybe a little to other, other areas like Facebook, you know, shifting away from Google, but also looking at the paid. I mean, certainly Facebook has, uh, well, they have a paid platform already. Certainly they're looking at some new ones. Um, what are we supposed to be thinking of now as marketers to condition ourselves um, so that we can be helping our clients two, three years from now as this Google traffic is you know, dwindling, certainly on mobile, which is uh, we're heading into the holiday season. I don't know what's more important than mobile. I can't think of what it might be. Sure. Yeah. So I think what that means is that uh, I think you're absolutely right. We are going to see more of a um, sort of almost like a paid inclusion model, right? A, sort of a back to the future from from 2000 or 2001. A, a shift in the uh, the proportion of paid results in our organic results at the very least. And so I think, you know, it's the same. I don't know that my, my recommendation on strategy necessarily changes. I think it's been important to have a holistic digital marketing strategy, you know, certainly for the last five or six years, uh, you know, maybe, maybe in, in 2007, 2006, 2007, you could have relied on Google for 100% of your traffic and, and done pretty well. Um, but I think that going forward, we are going to need to be much more holistic marketers. Um, there's already plenty of data out there, you know, if you're not doing it already, uh, about the the influence that paid search can have even on your your uh, sort of overall organic conversions. Uh, there's a there's a lot of data out there suggesting that that sort of page domination um, is is pretty helpful in terms of of getting people to to click through on on your results as opposed to your competitors. So. Um, I totally agree. I think we're, we're going to see more paid results uh, in all forms of digital media moving forward. Um, but I don't think that the, the strategy necessarily changes. I think if you haven't been doing a holistic marketing uh, campaign prior to this, now's the time to, to get into that. Now, uh, that's always, always good advice. I, I wouldn't expect anything less for you. And that's why I'm going to be asking you to stick around while we take a quick break. Um, here on Webcology, and we're going to be coming back. I think we're going to focus a little more. Uh, we've been talking a lot about Facebook. I think I'm going to shift you over and start dragging some great tips uh, on local search from you, David. Um, so, folks, just stick around for just a couple minutes. We're going to be back with David Bim here on Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Internet Marketing Inc. designs fully integrated digital programs that improve brand experiences and grow businesses through valuable data insights and strategy across all types of media. Paid, owned, and earned. 
Their digital experts nimbly adapt strategy by providing you a comprehensive view of your brand's online audience and program performance. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Finding links to improve your rankings in the search engines is time-consuming and frustrating for many of us. The Hoth is the go-to company to help lighten your link-building load. Their white-label SEO was made specifically for agencies, in-house SEOs, and affiliates. The Hoth also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's Maps and localized results, providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world. The Hoth offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to thehoth.com slash radio, T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot com slash radio. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome back. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing with Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We are joined and thankful for it by David Mim from Moz. We've been chatting uh, Facebook. We've been chatting uh, about all the uses of Facebook search and in finding a, a whole array uh, from paid search to uh, David. You were sharing some some great advice and, and some great tips on um, you know how to find how to do outreach, find journalists, a, a whole array of things. Well, now I need to move for our listeners' sake over to local because uh, I mean I've chatted with Rand. You're the guy. Um, so, so let's, let's go right. A. I mean, of course, I've also read the posts. Um, so I didn't need a Rand stamp of approval on that one. But when I, I contacted them and said, Hey, and I'd like to chat some local too, the only person he could think of was you. So let's start dragging some local out. Where is local going? We're, we're seeing map paps turn to snack packs. Uh, you know, we just, uh, before the break, we're talking mobile. Um, so where is local going? What, what do we need to do? How do we possibly keep up with this? Sure. So, um, you know, I think it actually dovetails, uh, pretty well with, with some of the things that we were talking about with Facebook. Um, you know, I, I sort of see local as, as kind of a, a multi-layer local at Google specifically as sort of a, a multi-layer, uh, beast. And, you know, there are certain layers that I think are kind of table stakes that have really not changed in the last, you know, since I've been in the industry, the last eight or nine years, um, you know, you've got to have if you're a if you're a multi-location brand, you've got to have a crawlable store locator. You've got to have a unique page for each location that you operate. Um, you've got to make sure you've got clean data, uh, not only at Google My Business and Yelp and Facebook and and kind of the the primary consumer destinations, but also at the data aggregators that power um, secondary de- destinations, apps, um, and also sort of backfill. Uh, Google and, and Facebook's um, sort of local business indices. So you kind of got to have those as table stakes, um, no matter what industry you're in. Uh, reviews are, are definitely important uh, from a 
ranking standpoint, um, having a few reviews, I think, um, does seem to, to influence rankings unless you're in a very competitive market, in which case you need a lot of reviews uh, as, your, as your table stakes. But those things are also important, I think, increasingly as, as Google has moved away from a, um, a, a sort of open category taxonomy, uh, which used to exist uh, up until about 2000, I think about 2013, um, they've now got a fixed list of about you know 2,100 categories. And so if you don't exist or if your uh, primary, primary business comes from something outside that set of 2,100 categories, um, the, the text that people talk about in your reviews, um, I think, leads to a lot of increased uh, visibility um, on some of these long tail phrases. So an example, you know, let's say you're a, um, let's say you're a local appliance store, right. And you carry uh, a particular brand of appliance. Let's just say Frigidaire. Um, well, Google doesn't have a category anymore. You used to be, you could type in, Oh, I'm a Frigidaire appliance dealer. Um, that's no longer the case. You say you're, you're an appliance dealer. Um, but if people mention, Oh, I've got my Frigidaire refrigerator or my Frigidaire stove or whatever from, from such and such a store, that those are those are definitely major ranking signals, I think, uh, for Google. Not only on in reviews left directly on Google, but also uh, kind of across the ecosystem. So I think reviews are definitely playing uh, a little bit stronger role in terms of visibility uh, than they did before. So I think those three things: your your sort of on page structure, uh, you know, unique page for each location that you operate. Uh, that's number one. Number two, the, the clean location data. Number three at least a handful of reviews. Those are all table stakes uh, at this point. And then I think, you know, where things are going is, is kind of starting to get pretty interesting. Well, we, we talk a lot about when we think local, um, we think Google. It, it happens all the time. But I, I want to leave that. I'm going to be coming back to, to Google because, you know, you were touching on it. And I think it's an important thing to chase after. So I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions about that in just a couple minutes. But um, I mean, traffic for traffic's sake is great. And a lot of these properties that we're, we're looking on, we, you know, we were talking reviews, we're, we're talking Yelp, we're talking, all of these things are good in and of themselves. So when you were talking and, and you'd referred to them as secondary destinations, are these worth the energy? Let's pretend Google doesn't exist or that Google exists in isolation. So Google still provides the traffic it does, but in isolation doesn't matter if, if, you know, if you wouldn't use Yelp for Google or, or why, like that there was no tie between the two. How valuable are these secondary destinations? Like I use, you know, for example, uh, Moz has a great tool for local and, and checking your, um, you know, sort of positioning and, and how you're doing, whether you're verified, that sort of thing. It lists a bunch of properties. I'm looking at the screen right now, you know, from Yellow Pages to, to Yelp or whatnot. How important are these for their own sake? Forgetting Google, just for their own sake. Sure. So I think that there's a limited number of what I would call horizontal destinations um, that are important. So that are in, that are important in, in sort of across categories, no matter what line of business you're in. Um, Yelp, Yelp, and Yellow Pages are definitely two of them. Um, I would probably add, uh, well, of course, Bing as the second largest search engine, um, and and probably the list beyond that is not very large. I would I would probably still include Super Pages and City Search just because. Um, they're very, very well established sites that I think Google has, has built up a lot of trust in. Um, but the list of, of important horizontal sites, um, tails off pretty, pretty quickly after that. Um, beyond that, I would say, you know, you really start paying attention to verticals. Uh, and so if you're, for instance, if you're a lawyer, you definitely need to be on AVO, you definitely need to be on fine law. 
um, to the extent that you're nominated for sites like, you know, super lawyers or best lawyers, um, the, the sites that play really, really strongly in your verticals. And in some cases, those are the horizontal players, right? I mean, if you're a restaurant, Yelp's going to rank number one for, for every search under the sun or a day spa or something like that. Um, but beyond that, I would go, you know, those, those kind of top tier half dozen or, or full dozen sites, um, then I would start looking at, at verticals in your space. And I think that increasingly we are seeing, especially some of these sort of venture-backed verticals, I'm thinking something like a thumbtack, right, that is $100 million in, in funding. Those guys are making very, very strong plays in, you know, sort of instruction verticals. Um, Avo is, again, very well funded in the, in the legal vertical. Something like House or Porch or Pro in the home services vertical. Um, so th- there are players out there that are, that are aggregating a lot of customer demand in and of themselves. And, and those are the sites where I would, I would focus my energy um, beyond, as I said, those kind of top tier half dozen or dozen sites. Now, I know we've only got you for a few more minutes, so we are, I'm going to have to drag you back to Google here for just a second. Um, we, you were, we've been discussing, of course, when we're talking local, we're talking Google a little bit. Um, you know, you were talking Google My Business schema. Schema and maps and, you know, you WordPress, you're using the, you know, Yoast map plugins and things like that. How important are these on page factors like schema, like making sure your address is in there and on the page, making sure you're embedding maps? How important are these as signals? Sure. I, so, I, I mean, I would include them in kind of that table stakes bucket, right, in terms of best practices for, for on page. Um, I don't know that they're going to move the needle for you. So if you're not ranking right now, um, you know, I'm not sure how much a if you already have a if you already have a well structured site with a, a page for each location. Simply adding schema to those pages, I don't think will increase your rankings dramatically. Um, I, I do think that we're in a much more uh, we're in a much more algorithmically complex era, and so I think I would start paying much closer attention to um, some of these additional beyond Google signals. Right. So, like I was mentioning earlier, text and reviews. Um, frankly, text in articles that are written about you, uh, around the web. So, um, you know, we, we call, at least I call these things kind of unstructured citations, but, uh, you know, if, if, a, if your local newspaper, like the stranger does a feature on you as a, as a new, uh, pop-up food truck, you know, in, in your neighborhood, um, and they mention the name of your, your food truck and maybe a link to your website. Well, that's, that's good enough. Oftentimes, um, not only from an organic perspective where that kind of thing has kind of always mattered, but that th- those kinds of mentions, those really authoritative, unstructured citations from really highly relevant local sources, those can definitely move the needle for you uh, in the maps results and, and the mobile search results. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that I'd start focusing on. And, and um, that's why I guess that I'm, I'm kind of excited uh, about the, the kind of newer generation of, of marketing techniques, some of the ones we talked about on Facebook in terms of finding influencers. Um, there's all kinds of, of, I think, local content strategies that uh, that we will need to start to formulate uh, in terms of organic uh, traffic. And, and that's it. That's, those kinds of things are going to be important far, far beyond Google uh, in the future. And I think that that's, that actually makes our jobs, in my opinion, a lot more fun uh, when we, when we, stop having to worry about, oh, what are Google's guidelines for X, Y, and Z? Um, well, it'd be nice if, you know, we get to a spot where Google only represents 10% of digital traffic and, you know, we can, we can kind of uh, focus on the other 90% and, and not worry about whatever uh, Matt Cutts or, or John Mueller or any of these guys say. I think that that's the kind of marketing they want you to do anyway, right? They don't want you to be 
um, trying to game the system. And, and the, the companies that are doing a good job of marketing, uh, you know, across a holistic range of, of um, digital platforms, I think those are the ones that Google wants to reward anyway. So um, that's kind of a, a future that I look forward to is kind of a, a future where we, we think about marketing far beyond Google and uh, improve rankings and visibility within Google is just kind of an ancillary benefit. So, so you're, uh, it's, it's an interesting world then. Heading in then, you're seeing a world where basically we have to be the marketers that Google wanted us to be a decade ago, but the only reason that that's the case is that Google's getting less important. Um, and yes, so we and have I, to focus on the marketing they wanted us to. Exactly. So I think that that's absolutely true. I don't think that that, is, that day is coming anytime soon, right? I think that that is still years out. Um, but I do think that I, I certainly would encourage people to, uh, as I say, kind of take care of the table stakes that have been out there now for seven, eight, nine years. Um, I don't think those are any less important. You're always going to want to have a good, well-structured website to convert customers no matter where they're coming from. Um, just make sure that, you know, that site is structured well for Google, uh, Google too. Um, and then really focus on what, where you can be, what you can be doing to improve your presence beyond Google. Because I think Google's algorithm actually is catching up with its rhetoric. Um, they're rewarding, they're rewarding increasingly, um, businesses that are mentioned on these prominent local sites, prominent vertical sites. Um, and so I think that, that the algorithm's getting better. Um, and and more complex, and so we should stop trying so much to to kind of game the uh, the vulnerabilities in it, and really focus on on you know what's going to move the needle from a big picture perspective. I know we've only got you for for a couple more minutes. You've been super generous with your time, so I'm just going to ask one more question. And and I got this while I was at MozCon, and I'm like, okay, they're they're giving us a, a sneak peek of a, a couple things coming up. One of the great things I think to me about attending, you get to see sneak peeks of stuff. Um, so now, is there anything you can uh, you can tell our listeners here that Moz has coming up around the corner, uh, adding to their tool set or uh, or new information releases that uh, that we should uh, maybe pay attention to? Sure thing. My uh, my colleague Matt Brown here in our Portland office, um, and also my colleague Jay Leary here in Portland have been kind of spearheading the development of a content product. So Matt um, announced a. Uh, a beta on the stage uh, at MozCon. So those of you who were there got a chance to test out this product. That will be coming out later this fall. Um, and you're going to be able to do some pretty neat things around, um, you know, seeing seeing what content that you've already got in your inventory has been performing, uh, get insights potentially into um, who's sharing it, why it's performing, uh, and, and uh, suggestions for additional ways to um, to grow your audience through content. And I think that that's going to be a really, really neat product. It was the, the beta was, um, overwhelmed. I think there were almost a thousand people who got on there in, in the 30 days following MozCon. So something like two thirds of the audience. I hope that's not a confidential statistic. Um, but that, I think that's going to be a great product that, that was pretty well received at MozCon. And, and, uh, I look forward to, to getting that one out there for, for the, for the company's sake. Um, you know, my I know my teammates have been working hard on it. I've had no involvement whatsoever, but I'm I'm pretty excited for the potential of that product. I'm really glad you could chat about it. That's the one I saw. I was one yeah. of those thousand. Um, that it, I, I know I for our listeners, pay attention. Um, keep your eyes open for it. it. It's it's great, and I it's still being worked on. I guess so. It's going to be even better when uh, when we get it, David. I, I know you were pressed for time. You've been super generous. We've hit the end of the show. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hope we can have you, uh, 
on again in, in the future. If for, yeah. for our listeners who may want to be able to follow you on Twitter um, or, or contact you, how would they do that? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you again for the opportunity. It's really been a, a fun conversation. Um, my Twitter handle is just my name, David Mim. Last name is spelled M-I-H-M. Uh, you can email me at davidm at moz.com. And uh, that's usually the best way to get in touch with me, either of those two channels. I actually um, don't answer my phone, although I'd ha- be happy to give out my number here. Um, uh, so email and email and tweeting are probably the two best ways. And uh, yeah, love love talking with our community members and answering any questions that I can. So Wonderful. Thank you so much. Once again, that was David Mim from Moz. We will be back here next week on behalf of Dave Davies from uh, BSOC Internet Marketing in Victoria, BC. This is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media in Toronto, Ontario. You listen to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stick around, friends. There's amazing content coming up in the network after the news. This has been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.